Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding TV, a podcast covering the latest and greatest in television. I'm David Chen, and here on this podcast, Decoding TV, we've previously recapped Westworld. We're in the process of recapping She-Hulk Attorney at Law, and we have a big announcement today. Decoding TV will be covering The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. What is The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, you may ask? The Rings of Power is a show that's debuting this Thursday, September 1st, on Amazon Prime Video, with episodes being released every Friday after that. Uh, There's going to be two episodes released this week and a total of eight episodes throughout the season. And I have a brand new co-host who I'm going to be recapping The Rings of Power with. I'm really excited to welcome him to Decoding TV. He is one of the most widely seen Lord of the Rings experts on the internet. Don Marshall, welcome to Decoding TV. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is just going to be the most fun I've had in a really long time and the best seven weeks of my life, probably. We are really thrilled to have you. And people who've listened to my work for a long time know that my podcasts typically involve uh, one of the world's foremost experts on a topic and some guy, <laughs> a.k.a. me. And so uh, we're really grateful that you have decided to serve the former role in the case of Lord of the Rings. Don Marshall's expertise and knowledge of Lord of the Rings uh, is vast, and we are grateful that he's going to share it with us here on Decoding TV. Now, before we get to what people need to do to prepare for the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, if anything, let's talk about why this show is such a big deal. Amazon famously spent around $250 million on just the rights to make this show. It has spent $715 million on production for the show. The show has already been renewed for a second season. Uh, they basically spent a billion dollars on the show, which is it's a lot a of massive, money. It's a massive, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit, you know, billion dollars here, billion dollars there. Eventually it's going to add it to some real money. <laughs> According to insider.com, Amazon says that its $1 billion Lord of the Rings series will determine the company's streaming future. Uh, I'm going to read from this article that's written by Elaine Lowe, Eugene Kim, and Alison Brower. Quote, no single season of television has ever cost as much. Uh, The show is expected to be a hit, but if it somehow misses the mark, several sources told Insider that the studio may face an existential crisis. Uh, And then it quotes from an insider here. The reason why it's going to succeed is because the executives at Amazon needed to succeed. If it doesn't succeed, there's going to be a big question from Andy Jassy and the board. If we can't take this piece of IP and make it successful, why is Amazon Studios even here? It has to succeed. There is no option. End quote. Wow. Um, Yeah. So uh, I will say, uh, full disclosure, I uh, have previously been an employee at Amazon Prime Video. I was not the person who gave that quote. To I just <laughs> you were not the there. insider. <laughs> I was not the insider at insider.com. <laughs> um, but uh, beyond the business reason of Amazon Studios uh, needing like a kind of hit cultural defining show in its roster, 
Don Marshall, why don't we start by you sharing with us why you think this show is important from a cultural perspective or from a Lord of the Rings perspective? Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, obviously, Tolkien's legacy began when he wrote the books, and then it got renewed again by uh, the animated movies, and then again in uh, the Peter Jackson trilogy for The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and Return of the King, and then uh, again about a decade later when The Hobbit movies came out, and this is just that next step in introducing that new generation of fans to Tolkien and continuing uh, The Professor's legacy. This is going to be a way to introduce another generation of folks to Tolkien's work. And uh, I think when we were talking off the air, you were saying that this series has the potential to be what Peter Jackson's trilogy of Fellowship of the Ring was to you. Like this has the potential to be that for another group of people, right? A hundred percent, right? This, this series to me feels like it is made for those 11 to 15 year olds that were like me all those years ago, sitting down in front of the TV and just watching this world, this beautiful world come together, whether it was elves or dwarves or hobbits or humans or the big sword fighty scenes or maybe the kissing scenes, whatever fits your fancy. But yeah, this is, this is that cultural, to me, I think this is that cultural catalyst. And I see this show being that next catalyst for a lot of people who want to get into the, the Tolkien universe. Here's a question for you. You have seen the first two episodes of the show, and I'm curious if you think that this show is going to be a big deal based on what you saw. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. If the rest of the series is like these first two episodes and the same sort of themes and styles and world building are there throughout, I think this is hands down could be one of the best shows of all time. Wow. Strong statement. Well, Don Marshall, uh, we are going to share with people what we think they need to do to get ready for the rings of power on prime video. But before we get to that, why don't you tell people a little about yourself? Like how did you get into this franchise? How did you get into these books, these stories? Yeah, I actually have a very different way of getting into Tolkien than most other people in that I didn't see the movies first. I didn't read the books. My mom was actually reading the books and she thought they were a little bit too adult for me. So she would summarize a chapter at a time for me every morning at the breakfast table that she had read the previous night. So I got told through person to person storytelling the story of the Lord of the Rings Um and then I was able to see the movies and I was instantly drawn to them. I, I was uh, born with growth hormone deficiency, so my body was very disproportionate. I was much shorter than all of my classmates. So when the, I found out that the main characters were like three and a half feet tall, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I need more of this. I need more of this. I never really stopped um, absorbing any of Tolkien's writings. Wow. Well, what a, what a sweet story. Your mom got you into it and it really resonated with you because of your personal circumstances and here you are having reached the apex of that fandom <laughs> by uh, appearing on the decoding TV podcast. Uh, I think it's all, I think it's all downhill from here, Don. So. <laughs> well, I will count my blessings while I have them. Thank you. <laughs> I'm David Chen. I'm here with Don Marshall and we are going to tell you what you need to do to get ready for the Lord of the Rings, the rings of power premiering on prime video very shortly. So Don Marshall, I'm a casual uh, and I am trying to think, hey, uh, Rings of Power is going to be a, a, on the air this weekend. Uh, what do I need to do to prepare? Do I need to read any books? Do I need to watch anything? What do you think, Don? 
don't do anything. Podcast is over. Thank you all for coming. No, I'm all kidding. Right, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, but but uh, in all seriousness, um, anybody who is listening to this that either hasn't read the books or watched the movies once a bunch of years ago, please do not feel like you need to do a whole bunch of legwork or uh, anything to understand all of the lore that goes into it. In fact, I recommend you don't for the sole reason of um, there are so many different characters and so much lore and me being who I am, I can't help but look at these, you know, characters and say, well, that didn't happen like that. And wasn't she over here and they were over and it's nitpicky. Right. And for me, when I got into the Lord of the Rings, I watched the movies and that introduced me to the books and I will always have the books and I will always have the movies and they can be enjoyed separately. So for me and anybody else who is interested in getting into this that might not know about the lore, I would say go into it. Watch the first episode. If it catches your interest, awesome. Um, and if it doesn't, that's okay too, right? It's it's not going to be able to please everybody. But then once you sort of get your feet wet with this show, yeah, check out the, uh, maybe rewatch the movies or rewatch the Hobbit trilogy or uh, read a, a wiki or or start reading the, the trilogy. Don't start with the Silmarillion though. I'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. So let's start by talking about uh, when does the Rings of Power take place in relationship to the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy? Right. So assuming you have at least seen or heard of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, uh, that story takes place in the Third Age of Middle-earth. And the Third Age of Middle-earth is 3,019 years long. So this series is going to take place in the Second Age. So roughly 3,000 years before that. I will give one caveat, though, uh, and this is a decision made by the showrunners and the executives that I actually agree with. This will be a compressed timeline for everything that happens in the Second Age it happens over the course of 3,341 years. But Tolkien has no problem doing a hop, skip, and a jump in one sentence to skip over 500 of those years, basically saying, and there was much prosperity and the people flourished. <laughs> And that makes for very boring storytelling. So what we are likely going to see, based on my, you know, educated guesses, we'll probably see a bunch of the stuff that happens in the Second Age that are maybe a few hundred, if not thousand years apart, meshed together in one sort of story that is segmented sort of all in one. So you're looking at about 3,000 years before the start of the original trilogy. Now, if people wanted to do something to familiarize themselves with the world, what do you think is the most important thing they can do to have some sense of what's happening before they watch The Rings of Power? Yeah, most important thing you could probably do is rewatch the movies. That's probably going to give you a feel for the universe, uh, what it's lived in, and really what you can um, do from there is because, you know, the movies is nine and a half hours of, of your time, um, is Get involved in the community. I never really recommend people dive into the Silmarillion or immediately go read the books. Um, check out the community first. And this may seem like a shameless plug, but I promise you I am not the only Tolkien content creator out there, thankfully. Um, there are cosplayers and and academics, and uh, there is Gay Hobbit Twitter. If any of you uh, are interested in that, the queer community has latched on uh, to the Lord of the Rings in a way I, I never thought possible, and I'm so happy to see that. But there really is thank goodness, a thriving community of Tolkien fans, even so many years after his passing. So 
watch the movies, and you're talking about the original Fellowship of the Ring trilogy. Yes, the Peter right? Jackson trilogy that came out in the early 2000s. Uh, Hobbit trilogy less important to to catch up you think yeah the Hobbit trilogy I know lots of people have different opinions on the Hobbit trilogies that have seen them they stretched one book into three movies Um, I like them for what they are uh, but in terms of uh, importance to the story not so much there are a couple of references um, that you may hear in the Hobbit trilogies like where Bilbo's sword is from, which is a city called Gondolin that existed in the first age that might get brought up in the TV show, but there's very little, uh, lore dump that you're going to get to sort of understand this show from the Hobbit. Got trilogy. it. Got it. Makes sense. Okay. Well, let's say I'm not a casual Don Marshall. <laughs> let's say I really want all the facts and knowledge at my fingertips. You know, what are the things you'd recommend me check out before I watch the rings of power from a book perspective, start with the trilogy. Or start with The Hobbit from there. You'll get introduced to Tolkien's world, his writings, the dialogue, how he sort of crafts his world. And then once you've sort of read The Hobbit or you've read the trilogy, you kind of have free reign. And that is kind of a dangerous thing to have because the way that Tolkien's books were released was so different than any other author, I think. And that is thanks to his son, Christopher Tolkien, who released many of his notes and, you know, full-fledged stories that he had written but never published in a book called The Silmarillion. Uh, and if you've never heard of The Silmarillion before, it is basically Tolkien's version of the Bible. You get literally the origin story of the god of Tolkien's universe, whose name is Eru Iluvatar, to a recap of everything that happens in the original trilogy. And the whole book is, I think, 300-ish pages long, contains all of that. So the trilogy of books, The Hobbit... And the Silmarillion in that order probably is what you'd recommend. Yeah, I think that's a really good place to start. From there, you're on your own. I wouldn't even know where to begin. If you've <laughs> gone that far, you're already you already know ninety percent of what's in my head. You've you've absorbed it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am curious as we're approaching Rings of Power, and we're we're not going to really spoil any plot developments that that happened in that show, but. Are there any characters people should be on the lookout for if they are rewatching the original trilogy of films to get ready? Yes. So anyone who has maybe even seen a trailer or a promotional poster for this Rings of Power show is going to notice that Galadriel is there and Elrond is there. Those are, I think, the two characters that whatever marketing team is doing this is kind of focused on with a couple of others uh off to the side, right? There and is, Elrond is uh, the Hugo Weaving character yes. who's an elf in the original trilogy, right? Yes. Galadriel uh, is Cate Blanchett, if I am yes. correct. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And so they're so, both elves in, in the world. They are, yes. So Hugo Weaving's character of Elrond is going to play an important role as well as Cate uh, Blanchett's uh, character Galadriel. They are played by different people. Uh, they're, uh, Galadriel is played by an uh, actress named Morvith Clark, and Elrond is played by an actor named Robert Arameo, who you may know, David, as young Ned Stark in Ooh. the Game of Thrones. Uh, that brief flashback in, I think it was season seven? At the tower? Excellent. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. So Elrond and Galadriel, both elves, and both very much on opposite sides of this uh, this idea that the evil has, has been defeated. So I'm very interested to see what their dynamic is, because we don't really get a scene of them together in the the movies we have a very weird like telepathic conversation but Mm -hmm. it's very one-sided Kate Blanchett's Galadriel is only speaking 
Um, so I'm very, very excited to see if they will be in any scenes together. Gotcha. Now, my understanding is that uh, Amazon only has rights to The Hobbit, uh, the trilogy of books and films, and also the appendices of the trilogy. So one thing I had originally asked you was, well, those have already been made into movies. So what? how does The Rings of Power have any new material? Right. Uh, what is the answer to that question, Don? So it's multifaceted. And just to quickly clarify, they have the rights to the books. But if I'm remembering correctly, I believe Warner Brothers still owns the rights to the yes. movies. True, However, true, yes. I don't think Amazon is anywhere near dumb enough to try and remake arguably one of the best trilogies of all time. Um, that being said, because they have the rights to these books... There are little bits and pieces of lore that you can grab from the original trilogy and from The Hobbit that can create a story. They also have the rights to the appendices at the end of The Return of the King, which is basically a timeline of all of the major stuff that happens in the First and Second Age. Now, it's not as fleshed out as, say, what appears in The Silmarillion, which has, I want to say, 40 to 50 pages of you know backstory but a lot of it is you know major events um the the uh, prologue we see in uh in the first fellowship of the ring movie where they're fighting on mount doom and they're trying to defeat Sauron. that's in the appendices and so that's a whole lore drop in itself yeah so basically they're taking these mentions of lore from the appendices um for the end of the trilogy and kind of blowing them up and, you know, expanding on them and telling full stories based off of them. Yes, um, absolutely. So they have the rights to the appendices. They don't have rights to the Silmarillion, which theoretically covers the same material, though. Is that it, accurate? Yes, it does cover the same material. Um, but I will say this. While it would be nice for them to have the Silmarillion, I'm not necessarily worried about the fact that they don't. The Silmarillion is, uh, how do I put this nicely? Not exciting reading. It's very dry. It's very boring. It has a kind of, and on the year 3000, King Armaganda had this to say to this, and then 500 year time skip, and his son, son, son. Like, it's not like good prose if you're used to someone like George R.R. R. Martin or Brandon Sanderson or Patrick Rothfuss. He's got a very distinct style. Um, and while it would be nice to have like the little tidbits of story. I don't think it's going to play that huge of a role. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. Interesting. So it'll be interesting to see like how much they can expand on the world, given the stuff that they have, they have access to the books, not the movies. They have access to the appendices and they're going to try to tell stories based off of that. Do you feel like, Oh, this is a wealth of information. They could make like countless stories from, or do you feel like, Ooh, it's just, they're kind of trying to draw this out a little bit, probably more than it was intended. What do you think? Everything I have seen so far leads me to think they're not trying to draw this out too much. Uh, I felt that way with the Hobbit movies. I think the Hobbit probably could have been uh, two movies, potentially one, um, and they could have cut a lot of the filler. But I think for what I have seen so far, what we know right now is it's planned on being five seasons. And what they may try and do is kind of, fill in the gaps of the world that Tolkien built using the appendices. So just, just to kind of give you an, an idea, right? There's not a lot talked about or written about from Galadriel's point of view, right? She and Celeborn 
are hanging out and they're just kind of doing their thing, right? Um, but to to give some agency to these characters and with this timeline compression, I really think that a a meaningful story uh, can be told. And and again, um, I was lucky enough to see the first two episodes. No spoilers, obviously, but from what I have seen, I think there is a sense of of world building and development and uh, a storytelling with some expediency, with some agency. Right? It's one of Tolkien's main themes: evil is everywhere and the forces of good must fight to make it a a uh uh, must fight to make their world a peaceful one got it all right well i think people have a good sense of what they need to do to prepare uh number one you don't need to do anything (laughs) number two if you want to rewatch the movies and number three read the books basically uh, that's in descending order uh, yes. what you should probably do if you want to get ready for the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Anything else you want to mention, Don Marshall? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, if you like what I have to say in this very brief preview of what I hope will be the most successful uh, Rings of Power podcast ever, <laughs> you can find me on all social media platforms at DonMarshall72. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I also have a Patreon if you really, really like my stuff. Um, I post a lot of bonus content there, behind the scenes stuff. We do live streams. Um, I'm trying to do some trivia with uh, my followers there. So if you think you can stump me or beat me in a quiz, uh, hats off to you. Come on over to Patreon and check that out. But otherwise, Don Marshall 72 across all social media. And how this show will work is uh, recaps of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power will be released on the main Decoding TV feed, uh, which you can find at podcast.decodingtv.com. That feed is free and available to anyone. Of course, we'll also be posting uh, these as videos on YouTube at decodingtv.com slash YouTube. And we'll be posting clips at decodingtv.com slash TikTok. Uh, You can also become a paid member of Decoding TV at decodingtv.com. Uh, where you can get ad-free episodes and exclusive bonus episodes that Don Marshall and I will record for you. Of course, you can also get uh, ad-free episodes and exclusive bonuses of A Cast of Kings as well. So uh, check out DecodingTV.com to support this podcast and help make it possible. All right. Until then, the next time you're going to hear from us is on Saturday uh, when we release our first recap for the first two episodes of The Rings of Power, which are debuting this week. Thank you so much for watching. We hope you're having a great time pre-gaming for Lord of the Rings. Uh, And we'll see you for our very first review of the Rings of Power episodes one and two. Bye-bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.